Do we want to run in? Yeah. Sure. Hold on. I have to get the notes. I have nothing prepared. I'm just going to bitch. Yeah, we'll just. I'm is just going to queue up. Corey has a soapbox. I feel like that's the tagline of this show, which is. <laughs> I'm not. We've prepared I've nothing. Prepared just nothing, bitching. But I'm going to bitch <laughs> yeah. a lot. We're pretending like this format is some like, hey, we're helping you not <laughs> be listening to gurus, but really it's like we wanted to do a thing totally unprepared and just bitch. Yep. The Just Bitching Podcast. <laughs> if you would let us, you know, if you would let us, it could have been a great name. Could have been a great name. to No Clear Answers, where we explore the common challenges all humans, creators, and leaders face, and break down preconceived notions of common self-help ideas. We are your hosts. I'm Ricky Goldenberg. I'm Justin Mulvaney. And I'm Corey Wilkes. Boop, boop, boop. We're so good at that. (laughs) It's only our second time, and we're already so good. I know my name's so good. (laughs) <laughs> right i'm fucking prepared i am prepared to say my own name you know at some point one of us is going to say our own name improperly and then this all gets taken away totally yeah <laughs> um this episode we're talking we chose another hot button one we spoke after our last episode and this was the one where all of us kind of sighed like oh are we going to talk about this and that's when we realized we need to talk about it which is motivation, motivation. And then I did the fun thing beforehand where I looked at the definitions and this is how much of a, I think this will be a theme. This is how much of a pain in the ass it is to find out what the hell we mean when we say motivation. So Marion Webster tells me that motivation is a noun, meaning the act or process of motivating. (laughs) So then I have to go to motivate, which Marion Webster tells me is to provide with a motive And then I get to go to motive, which is a motive is something that causes a person to act. So motivation is the act or process or the condition of providing with or having a cause for action. (laughs) That checks out. So it's like, why do we do things? What's your reason for doing things? Do the things in relation to the reason that you do the things. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kick off with our, our normal, hey, somebody comes up to you, they say they're struggling with motivation, what goes through your head. But Dr. Corey Wilkes, PsyD, has let us know that he has a soapbox around this topic. And so, Corey, it can be according to that prompt, it can be not according to the prompt, but I personally would love to hear, what's the soapbox? Get up on there, I, I, we got it on the floor for you, hop up. Thanks, so you you lost me with your definition. I don't know what the fuck motivation actually means, but I am goddamn sure that motivation is bullshit. That is one thing I know that is fucking true. <clears throat> because, one, I don't know anybody who's ever done shit with their lives who's like, 
yeah, motivation has fueled me through everything, right? Motivation is a fleeting emotional state, right? It's, it's great when it, when it comes your way, right? Like we all feel motivated occasionally, <clears throat> but you can't bottle it. You can't schedule it. You can't rely on motivation. And that I think is what fucks most people up is they think they have to wait for motivation to come their way before they can take action. Right? like, well, <clears throat> most class, one of the most classic examples I see all the time. Well, I didn't feel motivated to go to the gym today. Motherfucker, you will probably never feel motivated to go to the gym. When I go to the gym, like neutrally, like I have like RBF hard on a good day, right? Like just my face. I just, I always look pissed off when I'm at the gym that is doubled because I don't actually want to be there. I don't like lifting. Okay. It, it isn't my meditation time. It isn't, you know, my me time, whatever. I'm a fucking hermit. I'm totally cool sitting on the couch in pajamas all day, all day. I, I don't get cabin fever. I'm totally cool to just hang out all day. <clears throat> like when I was a kid and I would get in trouble, my mom would say, Hey, you're grounded. Go outside and play. That is how much of a hermit I am. But I go to the gym and the, cause I like, I like the effects, right? I like the, the results of working out. I do not, particularly enjoy the process of working out. But I years ago, I saw like this Instagram post or something by Jocko Willink. And if you've ever done anything in the world around motivation or taking action or ownership and things, you know, the name Jocko Willink. And one of the things that Jocko is famous for is like waking up at like 430 in the morning and going and working out. And one of his posts, he was like, look, I didn't feel like working out today. Thankfully, my feelings didn't get a vote. And that changed shit for me because I'm like, oh, I've been trying to check in with myself emotionally about do I feel like going to the gym today? Meaning, am I motivated to go to the gym today? Am I motivated to do the dishes? Am I motivated to sit down and write and create content or, or do, you know, whatever? <clears throat> sometimes the answer to that is going to be, yes, I feel really energetic and I want to go pick up heavy things and put them back down multiple times, or I want to write, or I want to do something, or I, maybe I want to eat healthy. <clears throat> but the issue with that is you, you can't build your schedule or your life around motivation because you never know when it'll be there. And more importantly, you never know when it won't be there. So I gave up on the whole concept of motivation and have built my life and help, you know, clients and things build their lives around something else. Okay. I can go more into that at some point, like today, like, you know, I can go on that soapbox as well. Like actionably like what I do instead. But for me, motivation is bullshit. It has no place in my life on a regular day to day basis for me to build anything around. Hmm. I think I think we're gonna have to bring like soap boxes for Corey, like multiple soap boxes so that you have opportunities to hop up on there and give us your feels. 
Well, and I know like it's, you know, like sacrilegious for a psychologist to sit here and say, I don't check in with myself emotionally. Like, I'm sure people are going to be pissed off when they hear that. Like, you're you're minimizing emotions. Like, how dare you? You're such a fucking toxic male or something like, look, that, that isn't the case at all. I'm not saying emotions aren't instructive. I'm just saying I don't let them dictate my actions. It's a mm. big difference. Mm. But emotions can be a whole separate episode. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Corey, I'm sensing this will be a fun one because this is a you and I think of these topics very differently. And so, Ooh, what is your get in here. I want to hear it. Mm. Well, there's two thoughts that kind of came in as I largely heard you speaking. Way more than two, but I'm categorizing them into two things. One is when I hear someone come to me and say I'm struggling with motivation. Normally what they're saying is there's something, what I hear is there's something that I think I should be doing, but I don't, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting space to go into, right? Because there's a few layers here in, in, in. Corey, one layer of it that I hear that you're pointing at is I don't want to do it because I don't feel like doing it in that moment. But there's a, there's a lot of things that can be going on with that. There can be, well, if I really zoom way out to purpose and what I want from my life, I actually don't want to be doing this. And that's a really interesting line of inquiry for me. And if you knew me, you'd know my background. I actually spent a lot of my like time in college and early to mid twenties being like really on the like discipline train. Like I actually almost didn't give a shit what I wanted to do. I knew the things that I was supposed to do and that were good for me. And I would just go fucking do them. And that from my perspective, right? Sure. If we're over reliant on motivation, we're way over on the far end of a polarity and that can lead us astray. We just don't do anything because we're waiting for this perfect lightning strike moment to want to do something. But we can, I found personally for me, we can go equally as far astray if we just go, fuck your feelings, just do what you know you're supposed to do. Because like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? And so really, if somebody comes to me and says, I'm struggling with motivations, there's a couple layers I'm going to parse here, which is okay. Is this an energy management issue, right? Which can be a bunch of things. It can be, there's some unparsed emotions that we can dive into and feel here. Uh, maybe you're just poorly managing your energy and that's just not an optimal time. Or maybe you actually don't, this isn't really what you want, but you haven't dug into some of the unconscious blockers around it. And there's actually an intelligence to the lack of energy and the friction that you're experiencing from motivation. And so I, I hear what you're saying and there's a slice of it, but um, what I heard you say is for me, it's like, ooh, well, I want a life where I do the things that I want to do and also they feel amazing to me. And there's a little game that I like. I That's kind of the game that I'm playing with myself now. So you're seeing it as instructive. Like yeah. that, that lack of motivation can be symptomatic that the work you're doing, you're not actually, that doesn't actually resonate with you. Maybe, but yeah, I I'm seeing it as, Ooh, it's pointing to something that's happening here in, uh, an energy management or, or kind of like an energy stack. And that can exist at a bunch of different 
layers of the stack. It can exist at the very top layer, which is, am I doing what I want to be doing? Is this something I really want to do purpose? And then it, there's layers out. It can exist at a mental layer where uh, there's some thoughts here that are in the way, an emotional layer, or the very foundational physical layer, which is I'm just not managing my physical energy super well. Ricky, what are your thoughts? No, I think it's interesting. I was, I was just listening to the two of you because Corey, when you were talking, a lot of what was coming up for me was this decision around less less motivation and you didn't use this language, so I'm using it and it's, we can dismiss it, which is a little bit more around discipline, which is we're going to do the thing, fuck your feelings. And what's interesting about that is like, Justin, you also brought up this idea of discipline, but also this higher purpose. Like Corey, part of the reason why you can be disciplined and not go and lift those heavy weights is because there's a reason why you're lifting those heavy weights. You've already gotten, you actually have gotten in touch with your feelings and internal desires. And you're like, yeah, I lift weights because it does X, Y, Z for me. And therefore, fuck your feelings in the morning when you don't want to go work out. I'm going to go work out because I understand X, Y, Z and that's why I do it. And so like what you're creating is discipline in many ways. Um, But discipline is obviously more effective when you know why you're doing it and remove blockers from getting distracted. Like that's the thing that I usually think about discipline in general, which is closely connected to motivation. Like I always think about discipline as one of those things that people think, oh, that person's so disciplined. Usually they're not. It's just that they've removed the things that make it harder to be disciplined. I.e. like, oh, that person like eats so well. It's like, cause they just don't buy unhealthy food to keep in their pantry. It's not that they're more disciplined than you. If they also had Oreos, what up? They had to eat all of them. And like, that's what they're doing. So I got distracted because there was like a little discipline element that was coming in both of you that I was like, yeah, I love talking about discipline when it's tied to motivation. Well, what are my feelings on motivation? Or do you want, I, you know, I'm going to talk about my feelings on motivation. My feelings on motivation is that it's really tricky. Like, I think that when someone comes to me and they say, I'm really not feeling motivated. Obviously, there's an opportunity to do a little bit of deeper there. And I spend a lot of time, like one of the first self-helpy books that I read that really resonated with me was Daniel H. Pink's Drive, which talks about the concept of extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. And that helps create that really strong delineation between I should be doing this thing. There's external validation. There's this expectation of prestige, et cetera, versus I actually want to be doing this thing. And it gives me internal purpose and value. And so when I think about motivation, when it's going well, it's because you're clear on that intrinsic motivation and you have the ability to do all the things that Daniel Pink talks about, which is like, you have autonomy, you can actually do the thing. You have mastery. You're like good at that thing. You have purpose. It's aligned with your internal values. And then you shift into flow which is like one of my favorite topics, which I would talk, I I would mention the guy, but I have a really hard time pronouncing his name. I'm embarrassed by that. Um, Which flow is like, you know, I'm in this state and you feel super motivated. You like barely remember to eat. So getting into that space though, a lot of people are like, I want motivation first. And that's the thing that comes up with a lot of people that I work with is that they'll say like, I, I'm not doing the thing because I'm not motivated yet to do the thing. And and I'm like searching for motivation in order to do the thing. And that's, that's my bullshit in the space. Cause I'm like, it's never coming. Like, that's not where motivation comes from. Motivation comes from taking action. Motivation comes from Mm. like doing that first step, aligning it with your purpose and values 
and moving forward. And then that's where you get motivated. It's sort of like James Clear, are you in motion or in action? Like motion, I'm not, I'm not motivated. So like, I need to like buy all the perfect gym gear. It's like, that's still not going to the gym. Like you have not yet gone to the gym. You're like, oh, but I'm like researching the perfect training plan. I'm still not at the fucking gym. Action is like, I went to the gym for five minutes and it was hell and I hated it. And I had some RBF like Corey, like that is, that is action. And then that can perpetuate motivation. Yeah, Ricky, what you're pointing to, and I think Corey is too, is the, I think the psychological concept is behavioral activation. I know, um, Brad Stolberg talks about this a lot, which is you, you don't need to feel get good to get going. You need to get going to feel good. And yeah. so one, one angle of attack on this motivation thing is like, well, have you tried just going despite not feeling motivated? So there is this, um, this called like the BJ fog behavior model. Oh yeah. I love him. <clears throat> and he explains it a little different. Like he has like this, like chart with like motivation on one axis and ability on the other. Um, but the way I sort of interpret it is like energy versus effort, right? So if you have a lot of energy, then you can do something that requires a lot of effort, right? So if, if you feel highly motivated, you can do something that takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. The issue is the less energy you have, the more likely you are to not do something that requires more effort, right? <clears throat> so the way I look at it is anytime I'm, I'm developing a plan of action, right? Like I'm setting my, like my goals for the week or breaking down a project or whatever it is, I make the assumption that I will be a lazy sack of shit when the time comes. So I say, okay, I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to have virtually zero motivation to do the thing, whatever the thing is, when the time comes. So with that assumption, how can I make it as effortless as possible? How can I set the bar so low? Mm. I virtually can't fail. Right. So a couple like really simple examples. Let's say you want to do, you know, the, the goal is to do the dishes. I don't know a whole lot of people who like doing the dishes. I refuse to use a dishwasher personally, just as my own, you know, anachronism. I don't know why I just, you know, grew up poor, didn't have a dishwasher. So I never, I never fucked with a dishwasher. And now I'm just like, they're fucking loud. So I hand wash everything. I never want to do the dishes. And if I set the goal of, okay, I'm going to go do all of the dishes. Well, this seem it can seem like a Herculean task, right? You have to do all these fucking things. But if instead I say, well, my goal is to wash a single dish or my goal is to walk to the, like walk to the kitchen sink or walk into the kitchen, right? I'm sequentially setting that bar lower and lower and lower, mm -hmm. right? Well, because once I've created momentum, I can just ride that out. So I am much more a fan of creating momentum rather than relying on motivation. Because as soon as I walk into the kitchen, I've created that momentum to walk to the sink. I walk to the sink, I do one dish. Now, if my goal was to only do a single dish, cool, I've met my goal, I can, I can stop for whatever reason. But pretty much, you know, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, 
the fact that I washed a single dish, I'm like, oh, I can easily wash another because I'm already here. I've already, I'm just, I'm in that, that wave, you know, riding that wave of, of, of momentum. And then before long, I've washed all of them. But if at the beginning I said, I'm going to wash all of them, that seems like too much, right? And, I, and James Clear may talk about this in Atomic Habits. I can't remember offhand, does, but like yeah. just, just the idea of like keeping your fucking gym clothes in the trunk of your car mm-hmm. and then driving straight to the gym after work. Because mm-hmm. as soon as, if you think you can go from work, home, change and go back to the gym, you will fail most of the time. Because as soon as you get home, well, now you have destroyed any momentum you had, right? Because you're home now. Home is for rest. It is way more effortful for you to create new momentum rather than just going straight to the gym after work. And there's there's like a component that you said there too that Clear talks about as well, which is this idea of like breaking the activity or the habit that you're trying to do into the smallest component of that. So like you deciding that I'm just going to do one dish or like if you're going to work out and the habit then is like, I'm just going to put on my running shoes or like I want to read more. It's I'm just going to read one page. And then you sit down, you put your running shoes on and you're like, I guess I'll go for a run. Or you like sit down, you read one page of your book and you're like, I guess I'll read another page. Or you go to the sink and you're like, I'm going to wash one dish. I guess I'll wash two dishes. But there was... I still find... The thing I just want to point to here is this still presupposes that these are things that you actually want to do. Yes. Right. And so... There's a there's a few things here that come up for me. One is if you're struggling with motivation, one really useful line of inquiry is like, what do you actually want? Right? Like for me, I don't want to go wash the dishes, but I do want a, a living space that feels organized and good to me. And so I don't wash the dishes because I like washing the dishes. But I've done some meaning making around that that makes it so mm, this feels good to me because I am creating a good space. I have found, Justin, like I love that because there's also um, in in design, when you're when you're designing, there's this whole concept of the five whys, which is like you ask why, 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 why. And that's also helpful in that line of inquiry because what you what you just jumped from was like, I wash the dishes because I want to have like a clean home. It's like, why do I want that? I want that because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel safe and secure and loved, whatever it is. As you get clearer and go deeper on those whys, there can be a lot more clarity around taking those smaller actions. So I feel like getting clearer on your why, your own internal intrinsic motivation is incredibly helpful because then it also helps you fine tune. Sometimes the lack of of motivation is because you're scared, right? Sometimes people question, am I not doing the thing because I don't want to do it or I'm not doing the thing because I'm scared to do it? And sometimes that's a component of motivation as well, that even when you've gotten clear on your why, you're trying to figure out, well, so like, why is it still not happening? And so that's a line of inquiry that I think can be super helpful as well, which is getting clear on that bigger why, that intrinsic motivation, and also recognizing when it's a matter of fear or a lack of desire. And sometimes when it's a lack of desire, you discover that this is actually an external component. Like it's, you know, the feeling of should, I should work out five times a week. Why? Mm -hmm. And then you just get into it. And sometimes you don't need to work out five times a week. Like, why are you setting that precedent on yourself? That's not actually going to ladder up to your internal goals. 
that's really what I'm trying to push at is there's a hierarchy here. There's mm-hmm. a hierarchy of what is it the thing that I really want? Okay. That upper level goal, is that a good enough reason that makes me go, okay, fuck yeah, now I'm going to do the thing that I say I'm supposed to do. If not, you have two choices there. Actually, you have three choices there. You have the choice that says, I don't give a fuck. This is kind of the Corey reason. I'm going to sit my ass down and do it anyway, (laughs) right? So I want to be fit. I noticed that doesn't necessarily get me over the hurdle to really wanting to do the five goals, but I'm going to sit my ass down and do it anyway. See how that goes. The second option is, okay, well, is there a version of that that's not exactly the should I have in my mind that I do have a fuck yes to to go get that thing? And maybe that's cool. I'm going to work out three days a week and on the other two days, I'm going to go for a long walk outside. And then there's the third option, which is, hey, maybe I don't actually fucking want to go put the effort in to have this thing right now. And then it's cool. I'm going to drop this. That one I think is interesting. It actually brings me back to when Corey was talking about energy versus effort too. It's, there is this component of recognizing that like, we are not machines. Like there are going to be some days that we're lazy pieces of shit and we don't want to go work out. And the decision can be, am I going to leverage my discipline brain and go and fucking do it anyway? Or am I going to just be okay with the idea that today, this isn't what I'm going to do. And I think there's benefit in understanding your why and the bigger picture, because then you can take a day off and, or you can support yourself in the future that says like, actually, I'm going to make this super easy for future Ricky, which is I'm going to leave her yoga mat out unrolled with the weights right next to it. So that like, I actually have to climb over them to get to my desk, which is something that I do. And it makes it really easy. Well, so I I think a, a couple of things. One, I I'm initially talking about like, just like the day to day understanding of what motivation is, mm-hmm. right? Just cause like most people, when they say like, I don't feel motivated or I was motivated or whatever, they're typically talking about like this, like superficial energy level that is fleeting. Right. So that is mm-hmm. what I was initially talking about. If we want to go into like intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation and rewards and things that is, I think the conversation like that, like Justin, like you are starting to have, and, and Ricky, like with the whys and like, is the work you're doing actually meaningful to you, right? Have you done the meaning making work so that the assumption now is made that the work you're doing does resonate with you. But despite that, there is a disconnect somewhere, right? That mm. I think is, is we're having different discussions at first, right? Cause like yeah. with lifting for me, cause you know, honestly, like anything you do, it would behoove you to try to embrace the process and enjoy the process rather than the outcome, right? Because you control the process. You do not control the outcome, right? Again, going back to like simple shit, like dieting things, like even though none of us are diet coaches, everybody understands the the world of dieting, nutrition and and weight struggles or whatever. The, the issue is you can eat healthy exercise. Those are the things that is a process that you control. You control how you eat, you control how you exercise, but you do not control if you actually lose weight or not, because that is an outcome beyond your control. There are hundreds of reasons why, you know, hormone imbalances, genetics, much other issues that make it to where you may not be able to lose weight despite that process, right? So optimally, whatever processes you are creating, you enjoy those processes. I personally do not enjoy the process of working out. And that is an issue that that is my own issue, right? However, working out is tied to other things that I do enjoy, 
right? So like, you know, I post 30, I don't give a shit about having abs. I'm trying to lift for longevity, right? And, 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 and for injury prevention for jujitsu, right? I do martial arts. I have found between sitting at a desk the majority of the day and then training a, a physically demanding martial art, my back would get fucked up a lot because it was just weak. But then when I started deadlifting and, and doing articles and, and these other movements, I felt way better. I felt stronger, but more importantly, for injury prevention, I wasn't getting injured nearly as often, right? So that is why I do it because it is attached, that process is attached to other things that are more intrinsically motivating and rewarding for me to do. So just a nuance with that. I, I, there's something there that I just, that what I'm hearing too is there's really this desire run connection and like inquisition around that leap between why we do things and why we want to do things. And it's so nuanced and so tricky. And I think it really is unique to each individual that you're spending time with and each individual task, right? Like you don't like weightlifting, but like, Corey, do you like jujitsu? I mean, going on 10 years. So right? it's hypoth like, hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> so it's so interesting because even when we talk about two different types of exercise, technically, right? Like one is, you know, a craft and something that you're, I guess they're both technically crafts, but it's, it's, you know, even within you as a human being, one is really invigorating and exciting and the other one supports that. I think it's just, it's just interesting. I always find it so interesting just how freaking nuanced it is the concept of motivation, because I think when we talk about motivation, why I don't, why motivation makes me a little crazy is because we talk about it as if it is this like elusive item that like comes to me and is bestowed upon me. It's like, boop, and now you have motivation. It's like, it's just not that simple. Motivation needs to be connected with why are you doing it? How are you doing it? What is it supporting as a person? So you're talking about motivational interviewing, right? So I don't know if, if this is a term that you all use or not, but like from the therapy world, because motivational interviewing is basically just repackaged Socratic questioning, like the Socratic method. That's really all it is. Or, you know, you're talking about Ricky, like the five wise motivational interviewing. We, we use it a lot in the therapy world, but coaches also use it a lot. They just may not necessarily call it that. Um, all motivational interviewing, is inherently is finding the leverage point for that individual that is their like central why their reason for doing something that allows them to get off what's called the fence of ambivalence and take action so ambivalence is basically there's like this whole theory and models and changes um stages of change model also their psychobabble ship long story short <clears throat> There is this cycle that people go through that basically says with like habits, <clears throat> you start off by saying, I don't have a problem. There's nothing I need to change. You know, leave me alone. Like smoking, for example, right? Like people are like, oh, it's fine. I, I don't have to quit smoking. And then you get on, you get to the next stage of this is a problem, but I don't want to change. Next stage. This is a problem. I want to change, but I don't, I'm either, I don't know how to change or I am unwilling to change. Okay. And that's where they're, they're ambivalent, meaning they recognize it as something they want, they should change, but for whatever reason, fear, 
lack of knowledge, whatever, they are unwilling to take those, that, that next step. Obviously the next step is actually take a fucking action. Um, what motivational interviewing does <clears throat> is it takes that person who is on that fence of, I know I should change, but I haven't changed yet, or I've dipped my toes in, but I haven't really committed to taking meaningful action forward. And motivational interviewing says, okay, well, what the fuck is it going to take to get you off that fence? What is your central why? Right? So again, I know we talk a lot about coaching, but the simplest example I can think of offhand comes from therapy. So say a guy comes in because I used to work in integrated primary care. So I used to work alongside physicians and things like that. So when somebody would come in for like obesity management or something, they would, they would, the physician would bring them to me because I had more time and I could like do this motivation, motivation interviewing with them. So the guy comes in, you know, he's, he's super obese and he's, he's yo-yo dieted. He's tried all these other things. <clears throat> Nothing's really stuck. So instead of me telling him, Hey man, you need to diet and exercise, which you know, like I, I am overweight. So I will say this fat people know they're fucking fat. Like it just, it is what it is. Like you telling a fat person they're fat. They're not gonna be like, really? Like motherfucker. Like we know, like calm down. So for me to say you should diet and exercise, which I've had physicians tell me, but they don't actually know how I eat or, or how much I live. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a whole thing. But instead of saying that being prescriptive, I will say, Hey man, <clears throat> let me, you know, let me get to know you. And then I find out that he's got an eight-year-old daughter. And I say, Hey man, how important is your baby girl to you? Oh man, my baby girl, like she's my whole world. Cool. How important is it for you to walk her down the aisle when she's old enough to get married? Right. Cause again, I rural Appalachia, there's a lot of traditional you know, shit there. Oh man. Like that's, that's every father's dream. Like I, 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 I really want to be there for my baby to walk her down the aisle. Like as a father, like that's super important to me. Cool. How likely is it that you're going to live long enough to do that if you keep on your current fucking trajectory? Oh, man, my doctor says I got another like maybe six or seven years if I keep doing this. So you're saying you you wouldn't live long enough to, to walk her down the aisle. Oh, man, I never thought about that. Right. So is walking your baby girl down the aisle important enough for you to get off this fence of ambivalence and take the meaningful action forward that you are capable of? but have previously not given yourself permission to do, right? That is one example of how motivational interviewing works, right? And you can use that for, for any, anybody, any kind of client you work with, whatever. You're basically saying, what the fuck matters to you enough to overcome your own ambivalence, laziness, fear, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm noticing I want to contextualize this a little bit more for the audiences that we're talking to, because I'm noticing where we're talking about motivation very abstractly. And there's a set of people that we all, we all work with around motivation. So I, I want to dial it in a little bit. What I find and the way I would summarize a little bit of this conversation and why I approach it this way is working with leaders. When a lot of leaders come in and they say, Hey, I, I, I'm struggling with motivation and I'm looking for a solve. What a lot of people are saying there is, can you just, or what I make up there saying is, can you just give me a pill that I can take where I can do anything regardless of whether or not I actually want to do it? And for me, one, unrealistic, and two, why, why the fuck would you want that, right? Can you just give me a pill where I can just do all the things that all the podcasts say I'm supposed to do, <laughs> 
or I can do everything at my company regardless of whether or not I enjoy it and just find the motivation to do all this shit. And what we're looking through here is it's like, that's, I don't think that's the right attack. The right attack isn't how can I just get the motivation to do anything? It's as we've talked about, well, what's going on here, right? And there's a whole bunch more layers of nuance of what do you really love to do? What do you really want for your life? What do you want for your leadership? How do you want an ideal leadership day to look like? Do you just want yourself to do anything that anybody tells you they need done? And so I really think the right layer of attack that we're finding here isn't how can I get motivation, motivated or how can I find more motivation, but what's going on such that you're not motivated? And let's just start there. I think it's, yeah, if, if we, if we had a pill, we, I mean, I'd be so wealthy, but the thing I think about is that that's kind of exactly where, where it comes from. Right. So like, I think that it also has this external validation, even when you were talking about the leaders that you work with and leaders that I work with, it's kind of like this perceived of others, right? I'm listening to the podcast. The podcast tell me I should be doing this. I want to be doing what the podcasts are telling me that I should be doing. I'm hearing from my board that I need to be doing this. I want to be doing what my board is telling me that I need to be doing. This is all external, right? This is all external. And if external or extrinsic, whatever is guiding you, it's likely that you'll still meet the goals. You will still do the thing, but there's like a, there's a great study. I was looking it up before we had this conversation because I love this study, which was, it was done in 2009 university of Rochester. And they basically took like people who were just graduating from college and they had them sort of ladder up if they were going by extrinsic goals or if they're going by intrinsic goals. Like, what do I want? Like, what's going to be the thing that like motivates me. And so for the folks who are motivated by like money, power, prestige, right? They sort of were like, I'm going to meet these et cetera goals. Whereas the people that are focused more on like my own value system, my own purpose, my own drive, these are the goals that I'm going to meet. They came back to them. Everybody met their goals. It wasn't like they didn't meet their goals. Everybody did the damn thing. The difference was, but the folk, the folks who were focused on that external validation, they all suffered like physically, mentally, emotionally, like they all had lower levels of basic human health and happiness. And I think that that really resonates when you're talking about the leaders that you work with or the leaders that I work with, when they come in and they're trying to be motivated by an external component. And if you can get clearer on your why, your values, your blockers, what you want to be doing versus what you think you should be doing, I think it's easier yeah. to take action, especially if you leverage the motivational interviewing that Corey was speaking to. It's easier to take action because it's more aligned with you. Yes. It's like when they come in saying, help me be more motivated. You're saying, help me eliminate every, all of my preferences and everything that makes me unique and just be a complete, total anything. It's like, why, why would I, one, why would you want that? And two, why would I ever help you do that? Like I'm thinking of an example of a leader who was like, God, I need to get more motivated to do sales and marketing. And we dug into what was going on. And it's like, well, I don't like sales and marketing and I'm not good at it. <laughs> well, why the fuck do you want to be motivated to do it? You don't like it and you're not good. Like, why are we doing it? <laughs> Get someone else, you, you, yes. you know? And so I suppose that's a good question, which is, 
Should you be motivated to do this at all? It's really hard to jump off. What was it, Corey? Defensive ambival- offensive ambivalence. Like it's really hard to talk someone into doing sales and marketing when like I'm not good at it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I just it's important. It's important. It's like a dangerous lever. <laughs> yeah, well, and what she, Corey. Well, that's how a lot of people become bottlenecks in their own businesses. Is they they end up because control freak you know tendencies mm-hmm. or whatever they end up doing things that they fucking hate that they suck at. Other people could do better who may also enjoy doing those things, but they don't. Right, and it's just and that's when it's just and you know they'll come to you like a session and they're basically like how can I how can I just force myself to do something that I'm not good at and I that is draining my energy. In, in a company that I created, right? Or, you know, in my case, like, you know, for creator businesses and things. Really? And it's just like, good. Really, what you're asking is, how can I get the energy to get into a state of prolonged war with myself? Yeah. And and that's the thing, man. Like, and, and you see this with, with entrepreneurs in, in various, you know, capacities, like, especially like with the creator space. People talk about, like, oh, this, <laughs> this is something we can probably talk about later, but like niches. Right. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go into the ghostwriting niche or the, the you know, the, the tech product review niche because they have higher, you know, tech reviews have higher, you know, AdSense or whatever the fuck or ghostwriting is a big thing on Twitter right now. And it's like and then they they burn the fuck out and and burnout can be a whole separate, you know, episode, too. But like part of the, the reason for that is you are chasing extrinsic motivation, this extrinsic reward that in no way resonates with you. It isn't work you care about. It isn't meaningful. You're purely chasing views or money or, you know, I was talking with an entrepreneur the other day about how they've recently pivoted their company back to their original plan because they ended up getting out, you know, going into the weeds, trying to please investors because they took VC money and the, the investors wanted it to go a different direction. And the founder did that but they fucking hated it and they burned out. But now that they're going back to their original vision, they have a shit ton more energy, right? Energy meaning it is now much more intrinsically motivating and rewarding for them to pursue rather than what they were doing, right? So again, at the beginning, like day-to-day motivation is bullshit, (laughs) but a lack of motivation or even a surplus of motivation defined as energy management, can be very instructive for you to really drill down on and say, why does this give me energy? What gives me energy? What drains me of energy? And potentially, why does it drain me of energy? And that is how you can really build your life and your day-to-day around maximizing the things that do give you energy, minimizing the things that drain you of energy, and everything in between, developing that discipline to just get shit done. I love that. And I think that we all have done like energy audits with our clients. I've done that with a lot of my clients, especially those who are focused, are um, frustrated with burnout. Like that's something that a lot of folks come and work with me on. And energy audits are really, really helpful um, to manage and sort of ward off burnout. And I usually phrase it as, okay, like let's look at your day or let's look at your week or it could be retroactive or proactive, whatever. And it's like, what's an energy gain? Like you walk away from a feeling like you're on fire. What's an energy drain that you're like, please don't make me do that. I have to go take a nap and like, not in a good way, not in a good way. And what's an energy stays the same, which is like, eh, it's like not a yes or no. And 
when you look at that between work and also life, don't just look at work, where can you move the needle, right? Where do you start to recognize these are the things that give me an energy boost and make me feel like I'm on fire, that I'm on flow, that I'm feeling super motivated and, and momentum, do more of that stuff. Yeah, Ricky, I'm so happy you mentioned that. Like the the thought I'm having now is if you're struggling with motivation, like this is the tool to start with. Energy start, audit. Start with an energy audit. Look at your last two weeks, look at your last mm-hmm. month, look at whatever, and flag all the things that it was like I was on fire feeling amazing during and after that. And that sucked the life out of me. And then when you get to all the sucked the life out of me things everything we've talked about before this play that game right is this something i really want to be doing if it is why do i want to do it what's the manifestation of looking like it but yeah the single most powerful tool you i found to start to assess some of this stuff and really find some blind spots because what i found is when you're there can be a even just a single point of energy loss in your day that feels like it sucks the entire life out of a day and I'm, I'm trying to think of an example of this. Like if you've been in really big conflict with like a coworker or a boss is really upset with you. I find this is like relational things for me. A sense of dread and demotivation can descend over an entire day for like a 30 minute call. Mm-hmm. In the future, right? right? Like it's, it's the oh, calls yeah. at two 30 and it's 9 a.m. You're like, a wash. Yes. Yeah, because you're and just so, mentally exercising, preparing for that one call that you know is going to be a certain way. Yeah. And so what what can seem in the volume of time a relatively small portion of your time can actually be a massive energy leak around motivation and it can be really helpful if you go in an audit to find those things like it's ugh every time i have to go do this thing my energy leaks like you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. and then dive in do i cut it do i still want to do this how can i make it so that's not happening there's a lot of games you can play from that point yeah, it makes me think of. Um, I think it's. I, I think it's BJ Fogg who talks about this too, which is around like habit stacking, which is like something that you already kind of do, and adding something on top of that. So, like, let's say I want to meditate. So, like, but I already drink coffee all the time. When I'm drinking coffee, I'm going to meditate. There's like a nice little cross-functional thing that you can do there. That Justin, when you're talking about like these are the things that I get energy gains from. It's like, can you get more of those, and can you couple that with other stuff? Like, for example, I know that there's like this one podcast that I love listening to. And so it gives me a big energy boost. I always leave it with a lot of thoughts and ideas. And so I couple that with like taking a walk. And those things, it's like creates this kind of momentum. I I like momentum, Corey. Corey, when you say momentum, I was like, oof, I like momentum rather than motivation. Because I think it highlights... Motivation is not like the motivation as a pill feels like it's this thing that you take. And then whereas momentum, it's like, well, if you take a little action, it like snowballs into something better. Well, and like pseudo habit stacking, like I lift before jujitsu. So I just go to the gym an hour early lift and then go straight to onto the mats, which makes me tired as fuck, but I'm not going to just go to the gym. I'm just, I'm fucking not going to. I feel like we could talk about this for like six days. Oh, want to so play? Want to play the same game that we did last time? Which is, client comes to you. I'm struggling with motivation. What's the approach? I will call bullshit. <laughs> Corey, will you consciously sit? Will you actually look at them? Will you and you'll say, say bullshit? Bullshit. 
Yeah. Well, because the other thing is like people who mm. like reach out to me, like they're familiar with like my personality. <laughs> like I'm not an mm-hmm. asshole to people. It's just like, this is who I am. Right. So you signed up for who the fuck I am. <clears throat> so I, I try to build rapport really quickly with people. So they know it. I'm calling bullshit in a supportive capacity. <laughs> but yeah, because like motivation isn't your fucking issue. Right. It could be that the work you're doing in no way resonates with you. It could be that you are optimizing for the totally wrong fucking thing. You're chasing something that you don't actually want to catch. Right. Or the goals you're creating are almost like inherited values or inherited goals. Mm -hmm. You're, You're doing, you're chasing the thing that you think you're supposed to chase because the people around you say it's good to chase. So, I am going to dig into like, okay, but what is the root of this issue? Because your lack of motivation is a very, very top level superficial symptom. And I, I could, I could tell you like, oh, fucking do this and time block. And here's how to be super fucking, you know, if, efficient and blah, blah, blah. that is not something that will actually help you long-term by just turning you into a fucking robot that blocks your calendar every minute, you know, every second of every day that will not help you. Right. The, the real issue is something much, much deeper that until we figure that out, everything else is just a fucking salve for some superficial shit. And that's also why I focus heavily on like initially like values based work, because mm-hmm. that allows us to get, you know, deep into like, you know, your fundamental why the meaning making intrinsic motivation and reward eudaimonia is, is another term. Um, we get into all of that first so that any goals we create in the future are assumed to be meaningful goals that progressively move you closer toward a life that is much more fulfilling. Ricky, what do you do? Struggling with motivation. Struggling with motivation. I think usually a lot of it's going to be trying to dig deeper into why do you want to do the thing? Where are the blockers? Um, Sometimes it's funny, Corey, you're like, we're not going to do like time blocking and time management. But I find that a lot of the folks that I work with oftentimes it's, it's uh, one of the reasons that they're struggling with motivation is because they have unrealistic expectations of their capacity for output. And that's something that comes up a lot with the folks that I work with, that they're like, I think I should be in this XYZ place. When you start to investigate it, they're like, that's impossible what I just gave myself to do this week. And so I think a lot of it, this is also like my style, a lot of it's a lot softer. It's much more being like, well, why is this important to you? Where does it align with your value? Also, there's a lot of good values work. Where does your energy come from? How can we actually be more thoughtful and strategic and explicit about how this is going to play out over this next week or two weeks? And then I think another thing that I've leveraged, which is kind of like a values tool and a little bit of this motivational interviewing, this is like a really specific activity and might enjoy it, um, is writing your eulogy. And that has been really helpful for individuals when they're trying to make like a bigger shift, just sort of like, well... How do you want people to talk about you when you're dead? Like, where? Did, what did you stand for? And I think it actually connects when I'm thinking about the patient that you were talking about, Corey, who's like wants to walk his daughter down the aisle and wants to be here to do that. You know, if you say like, I was there for my family, I had this really strong connection. It's like, well, are you making time for your family right now? Right now. 
are you doing those things? And so that sort of circular work around motivation work. And then I think a lot of it is actually, it ends up being shifting. If you're clear on the why and why it's important to you, and we're starting to shed away some of the should, which I freaking hate, then we can actually start to move into switching from motion into action. How do we actually move this forward in a thoughtful, strategic, healthy way that when we reconnect next week or two weeks from now, you're going to feel proud of where you landed because you knew where you wanted to go and you actually took action and that action felt good and you were like really kind to future Ricky because often we're really unkind to our future selves. We put a lot of pressure on them. Those are some of the things I do. In a nice way. So before I go in, I noticed like this topic to me feels so huge. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm trying to stuff people's faces with an entire Thanksgiving turkey at once. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to just give like a couple bites, but I might end up dishing the whole turkey here. Like my approach, if somebody says I'm not motivated, I don't have the energy to do things. My baseline assumption that informs the approach is that uh, a human at baseline is just motivated and alive and vigorous and excited to go out, right? And I look at children for this, right? Like children just wake up and they don't ask like, am I motivated or not? Or what? They're just like, I'm, I'm fucking alive. Let's go. And so if the assumption is a, a, the default state is a certain integrity and love for life and energy – For me, I'm looking for, well, where's the leak? What's going on here that's taking you out of that default state? And the approach is everything I've said earlier in this podcast, right? Those, Those can be small things, right? There may be a series of small things where I'm not, um, taking care of my physical body and I'm not honoring my physical rhythms, which maybe I'm not getting enough rest. I'm not eating enough. I'm not eating healthily enough. Maybe just the flow of my life isn't right. Like maybe the actual issue isn't I don't want to go to the gym, but I don't want to go to the gym at 7 a.m. I'd like to go in the afternoon. And suddenly now we're playing with physical rhythms, where it, but it can cascade upward from there, right? And, it, and so it could be my energy's leaking because I have some emotions that I'm not being with and honoring the intelligence of, or I have some thoughts I'm not honoring and being with the intelligence of. I don't think this is the smartest approach, but I'm just in a should and I'm saying I should just do it anyway. And so really I'm looking for the energy leak that this person is ignoring, which sometimes can be as big and as scary. The scariest manifestation of this is I don't want to be doing what I'm doing at all. Right. And that's something where I'm going to kind of handle it a little bit gentler because that's a much bigger leak that we're looking at. But really, for me, it's where is the leak? Where is this thing going that's taking you out of the default state that's like, oh, I just want to wake up and play today? I feel like, as much as this is such a massive concept and we couldn't deliver a pill to those who are listening that will just deliver motivation. These are some good options. I love thinking of it as a leak. Yeah. And ultimately I think we've converged on something very similar here in, in what we've all said. Yeah. We all agree. (laughs) What? Um, 
But that's the primary frame I would offer is stop looking to create more motivation and start looking for where the energy is leaking out. I like that. All right. We're coming to a natural conclusion here. Wrap up from today's conversation. (laughs) Anything more convinced of, less convinced of, new perspectives, experience of the conversation. Where are we at? Reinforced about, because again, it's a very broad con, you know, concept, but reinforced as far as just how multi-layered the, the idea of motivation, intrinsic, extrinsic, energy management, values, alignment, all those other things. It was just a good refresher. For me, I think it actually elucidated for me how much when I hear motivation, I actually think energy, like that's, that's really the primary lens. And so for me, that's the land that when I hear motivation, I want to start dancing with people in, I think I actually learned something about me in that. And, you know, I think putting together thoughts, I have a bias where like I've read so many self-help books and listened to so many podcasts that I'm, I'm allergic to some of those quick like tactics of like take one bite at a time, like break it down. And I think there's a, depending on where, what I'm seeing is depending on where you are on like the stack of alignment, those are, can actually be really helpful things. And they're still a good thing to serve up. And if they don't work, the actual game is, oh, so that's not the part of the stack that I need to be working Mm -hmm. on. There's something else that's a little bit more to the core. And so cool. So we just get to swim there. So habit stacking didn't work. So breaking it down didn't work. Let's go up to the mental, emotional, purposeful layer and inspect up there. I like it. Reinforced. I feel like motivation is, is a tricky little bitch. Super complicated, hard to mess with. And ultimately, I, I think that we landed on a lot of good options to think through and also maybe what it, what it solidified for me was, you know, a a lot of what I think about when it comes to motivation is the de-shedding of external expectation Mm. and or just shutting, I guess, and focusing on like, why are you even doing the damn thing then? Makes me think of the, the founder you were working with who was like, I don't even like sales and marketing. It's like, so why are we doing it? No wonder mm-hmm. you're not motivated. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Oh, I loved it today. God, I can't wait for the respective churches. I didn't even think of this now. Like, I can't wait for the church of fucking willpower and the church of discipline and people from the churches of perspective on motivation to just come in and just shit on this conversation. Fuck them. I'm Corey Wilkes and I say, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, I'm Dr. Corey Wilkes and I say, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Be sure to add that in. All right. I guess episode two is going to be our last episode. It's been. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cool. Good team. All right, friends, anything else before we we wrap this? Good luck, y'all. Let's wrap it. Toodles. Thanks for listening.